Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Better, Faster, Smarter, a podcast geared at doing just that, helping you get better, faster, and smarter throughout your manufacturing processes. I'm your host, Nate Valentin, and today I'm joined by longtime Adams veteran, Travis Dorman. Travis is our director of fluid power, and today he will be talking about all things fluid power, specifically in terms of isocodes, filtration, and the process that he uses to go about working with customers to understand what they're doing in terms of their fluid cleanliness and their approach to reliability as a whole. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Travis's approach to filtration, stay tuned. So Travis, thank you for uh, joining us today. Could we start off with you just telling us a little bit about your role here at Adams and a little bit about your background? Absolutely. So I've been with Adams for uh, 15 years. Uh, Started out in the panhandle, um, working with heavy industry, sawmills, paper mills, power plants, um, kind of fell into fluid power um, and the nuances that come with fluid power from filtration to design of fluid power units um, and got interested and went to IFPS and got all my certifications for a fluid power specialist. And now I'm taking on the role of director of fluid power. So I work with most of our guys on the sales team as a technical resource and uh, helping them with filtration applications or building power units, stuff like that. So Travis, one of the, the things you touched on was filtration. And I understand that you recently had a customer that was looking for a more reliable way to ensure uh, the cleanliness of their hydraulic power units. Could you tell us a little bit about that and maybe your process uh, when working with customers like that? Yeah. So we, we had a customer up in the panhandle. Uh, they were getting some higher ISO codes uh, on all their power units in the plant. Uh, they had about 30, 40 power units throughout this facility. And they had reached out to us to come in. Uh, they knew us through the name Hypro. Uh, we are the distributor for Hypro in the state of Florida. So they reached out to us to come in and, and kind of do a deeper dive into what was going on and why they were getting these higher ISO codes. And Travis, for those of us that aren't familiar with the term ISO code, could you just give us a brief overview of, of, of ISO codes and what the meaning is there, why those numbers are important? Yeah, so an ISO code is a three-digit code um, that basically gives you the cleanliness level inside your power unit or lubrication system. Um, it, it's all based off micron ratings. So you've got the three-digit code. Uh, the first number or first digit in that code is actually the four-micron channel. The second digit is the six-micron channel, and the third digit is the 14-micron channel. Uh, in that code, uh, each digit has a range, and that range doubles every time you go up. So every time we go up a digit, we double the amount of particles that could be in that range for that specific digit. Okay, so explain to me how it works. Are we bringing some type of special device or something to the facility and then running some tests? And is it something that um, plants typically have access to do on their own or, or what does that process actually look like to determine what the ISO codes might be for a given, um, a given location? 
Uh, it all depends on the facility itself. Um, we have some customers that take their own bottle samples and quarterly they'll ship them off to uh, a laboratory that will do the testing for them. And not only will those laboratories check for particle count, they'll check for how much water is in there, what their additives package looks like that's left in, in that specific oil that they've sent. Um, when we come out, we test live with a particle counter. Uh, we carry a particle counter with us. We can hook into the machine and show them live what their ISO code is and also give them a percentage of water. We don't go in depth as to looking at additives. Um, we're just strictly focused on, hey, what's the percentage of water in that fluid? And then also what is the cleanliness level of that fluid? And Travis, why is the percentage of water also something that we're looking at? So we want to make sure that on the percentage of water, that if we get to a certain point, water will start affecting and corroding uh, in the system. So in that oil, if we have a large amount of water, when we start getting that water to metal surfaces, which cylinders, hydraulic pumps, Stuff like that, when we get that water, that moisture in there, it starts to oxidize and starts to rust, which could cause premature failure. So with the water, I guess similarly to the isocodes, those would be indications that, hey, we need to do something here because maybe your percentage is too high in the water or your isocode readings are a little bit higher than desirable. So maybe we need to improve the the filtration upstream, et cetera. Is that, is that an accurate um, statement. Exactly. That's exactly what we're doing. So, so with this particular customer in the panhandle, Travis, what did your, um, it sounds like almost like a little bit of an investigation up front to figure out what's currently, you know, going on in their facility. What did, what did that look like? And what was the, the end result after your testing? So the, the way we started with this customer, um, when we got called in, he, he basically said we got high particle counts. So we really started to have, or we started looking into why are those particle counts high? Was there broken lines? Was there ingression to the power units? Why was, why was he seeing those higher particle counts? Uh, once we determined that uh, the higher particle counts were kind of stabilized, there was no ingression anywhere, um, we started looking at filtration uh, so we did a survey of all the power units to see what equipment was on each power unit so that we could better figure out, okay, per that equipment on that power unit, this is the recommended ISO code per NORIA. Um, NORIA is a, a governing body that, that puts out uh, different literature and information on specs for these, these types of devices. So after figuring out which power unit needed which ISO codes, we started testing live to see, you know, the particle counts he had originally were bottle samples. So we wanted mm -hmm. to test live that fluid. And what we found out, uh, surprising to our customer, was that when we tested live, we were actually one ISO code on the small channel, which is the four micron channel, cleaner than what he was getting back from his labs. And some power units, we were actually getting two and three codes cleaner. Um, this could be an indication of how they took this, the bottle sample. Um, it could also be an indication of how the lab was testing. Um, so now that we have that baseline for every power unit of 
what their cleanliness codes are, uh, not only from the bottle samples, but what we did live. We then started testing his filters uh, weekly for at least two to three weeks to make sure that those numbers stayed congruent. And then at the end of those two to three weeks, we pulled his filters out and put our high pro filters in. No. Uh, okay. When we put our high pro filters in, uh, we did the same, same cycle. We tested every once a week for about three weeks to show that not only were we dropping the ISO code, but we were also starting to stabilize out. And by the third week we had stabilized out to a lower ISO code. Um, so just rough ISO code numbers on one of the power units. We went from a starting ISO code of an 18, 16, 13, and we dropped it to a four, six and 14, which is pretty much a hundred percent improvement in filtration on that unit. Oh, wow. And you think that that was, um, obviously a result of the improved filtration through the, the high pro filters. Yes, absolutely. Um, we did do apples to apples, so it wasn't okay. We took a just a brand of filter that he had previously was a 10 micron and we took a three micron. We matched the filter micron ratings up apples to apples um, yeah. to do this test. And what it really comes down to is we have what we call DFE or dynamic fluid efficiency. And it's just a way that we rate uh the filters from a dirt holding capacity. Basically we're, we're looking at catching the particles and retaining those particles instead of as fluctuations happen in the fluid, whether it be pressure or flow, not only do we hold the particles when we catch them, we don't release them back into the system as, as that system pressure or flow changes. Okay. And uh, Travis, I want to go back and touch on something. Um, how many units are in this facility? There were, I want to say 33 exactly. So we went around to 33, maybe not all of them, but several of these units and did baseline testing or sampling to establish what the ISO codes were from several of these units. And then this was over a multi-week period and then did the test uh, comparing those baselines to um, the new readings that you're getting after you replace the filtration. So overall, like, what are we talking here? Like three to six weeks of working with the customer up front to determine, um, where they're at and where they might be, uh, with high pro. Oh, this was, you know, by the time we kind of educated the customer on certain things and did all the testing and set up all the, uh, Excel sheets. It was probably yeah. three months uh, of okay. time involved on this project. Uh, and we didn't test every single unit as thoroughly as, yeah. as that. We did go and document every unit um, and then show, you know, what components were on that unit. We did do baseline testing on every unit, but we really focused in and did all the hard testing on two units specifically. We found the the best performing unit in the facility that was the cleanest. And we found the yep. worst unit that was the dirtiest. And we, we kind of talked with the customer and said, look, if we can clean up your cleanest unit and we can clean up your dirty unit, we can do everything in between. 
So the customer was very uh, agreeant with that and said, yeah, let's let's just test on these two units. So we focused strictly on those two for the long testing, but we did baseline everything else in the plant. I think that one that speaks to just the, the sheer amount of effort uh, that that you and the, and the team put into to this particular instance. But also, I would imagine as a customer you know, having that information to say, well, this is where you're baselining, you know, from a best possible, you know, fluid cleanliness to the, to the worst. Right. And then to be able to have that information over a several week period, and then be able to compare that to uh, the new readings, you know, after the swapping out the filters, I think that that has to go a long way in building their confidence in making a move to a new brand of filtration, because, I mean, obviously that's critical to, you know, their facility and the, and the longevity of, of their, um, components. So do you feel like, uh, in, in these types of, of instances, having a longer upfront, almost like a discovery phase, working with the customer, uh, to, to take some of these readings and establish some of these baselines really pays off in the end? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the one thing we really want to get to is once we've done the testing, we've shown them cleaner ISO codes. Uh, we start educating them on, you know, why that cleaner ISO code is going to be beneficial to them because you're not going to see it right away. Um, yep. you're, you're pushing the longevity every time you drop the ISO code of the components inside that system. So, Every time we drop at least one ISO code, depending on which one it is, uh, you could get two times, three times the life of every component in that system. So if that component mm. was already lasting six months um, and we drop the ISO code two and it's going to last two times longer, it's going to be a long time before they see that that turnaround uh, because they're yep. waiting for that component to fail. So we, we try and educate them on different charts where companies like Noria have done studies and shown that just dropping that ISO code pushes the life out. Um, so we, we've done pretty extensive uh, tests with them. And I think that that probably also helps them recognize or, you know, understand how to calculate the ROI and the investment of the new filtration um, systems, right? Because you now you can see, okay, well, you have X components inside these different units. And, you know, if we're going to drop the ISO code by this much, then we could get two to three X the longevity across all these different machines. What is that total, you know, return on investment over, let's say, six months or a year or two years? And I imagine that factors into the decision making process for the for the customer. Exactly. So it sounds like, Travis, this customer was aware of the importance of the ISO codes was maybe they weren't doing the testing themselves, but they were at least grabbing the samples and sending those off. Is that, are you, is that the norm? Are most customers at least trying to keep an eye on their ISO codes? Or do you find that there, there is a portion of them that I don't want to say ignoring them, but maybe not paying as much attention to them. Um, you know, that, that should be. I wouldn't say it's 50, 50. It's getting better over the last, I'd say 10 years. Uh, I've noticed that customers are starting to pay a lot more attention to the reliability of their components in their plant, as opposed to yep. just changing parts as they fail. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know where that change actually started and how it started, but it, for the last 10 years, everybody has been slowly picking up, hey, we, we need to look at our ISO codes. We need to look at how long these components are lasting and how long can we make them last. Uh, you know, unplanned downtime is a huge cost in these facilities. So if we can push out unplanned downtime and make it to planned out time, there's a huge savings there as well, not just from a, a filter standpoint, but just from a, a maintenance standpoint. So Travis, for the customers out there that are maybe the, the, the 50% or maybe it's even lower than that, that are not paying attention to their ISO codes or really have a strong practice around reliability, um, what would you what would you say to them? What's the first step in either the education process or, or I mean, to me, it, it sounds like probably doing some readings and establishing a baseline. But what would you say to those customers that maybe have not been paying that much attention to reliability? Um, what, what would your recommendation be to them? Uh, just, you know, call in, uh, whether it be Adams or somebody who who understands the reliability process, maybe it be, maybe it's your reliability engineer and have a discussion with them on what pushing the life of your components out looks like from an ROI standpoint. If you can determine that, Hey, if we can make this one pump last a year instead of three months, what, what's that total value there? And when you see the total value of the maintenance costs that go into pulling the pump off, repairing the pump if you repair it, or the cost of putting a new pump in. I mean, you start comparing that to what the cost of a filter element is to push that life out a year. The ROI is a real quick turn. Um, It's not more than two years. Uh, It's way less than that. Uh, These pumps that we're looking at saving can sometimes be, you know, four or $5,000 pumps. And they can go up from there. Uh, Also looking at servo valves or proportional valves. um, Those guys can cost anywhere from $2,500 to $15,000. So a $100 filter to push the life of that component out a year, as opposed to three months, is very negligible at that point. And it, it sounds like, Travis, the approach that we take and you and your team take with, you know, the backing of, of Hypro and, and their engineers is really an education, almost education first approach to say, this is why it's important. This is where you're at. Let's establish some baselines. Let's just help you understand why this is important. So it does seem like um, maybe a lot of that good work you've been doing over the past, you know, 15 years at Adams has been paying off and throughout the market. But I would say that a good place to start would probably be even just a conversation with, with you or the team to just understand, you know, what their facility is like, what the, what they're doing. Right. And then Mm -hmm. help educate them on the importance of the ISO codes, what they mean if they, if they're not familiar and establishing that baseline and then really trying to build out, you know, an, an ROI or, or like you said, avoid unplanned downtime and then kind of roll that into their reliability strategy or build a reliability strategy if, exactly. if they don't have one. Yeah, exactly. You, you hit it on the head. Um, knowing where you're starting from and where you're going is, is two big things. So if we can get in and see where you're, you're starting from and what your current reliability process looks like for fluid cleanliness, 
we can help bring you up to, hey, this is where it should be. This is what we feel it should be. Um, and like you said, with, with the process we go through of testing with the customers, um, we're not only saying that we can make it cleaner, we're proving to you that we are the cleanest filter on the market. Uh, so we, we don't have any trouble competing against anybody else. Yeah, and, and I think that there's definitely tremendous value in, in going in and establishing where we're at, right? This is where you're at right now. This is what you can expect or have encountered from a reliability standpoint, right? They know how often they have to replace, you know, pumps, et cetera. And this is where we think we can get you. And, you know, we can do the test literally right in front of you, it sounds like, um, to prove that, you know, the technology that we represent is just, you know, better. Yeah. And, you know, there's a reason why, um, you know, we're, we push so hard on the reliability side, uh, is because, you know, that cost of unplanned downtime is, you know, very, very impactful, uh, to organizations. Exactly. Well, that's awesome, Travis. Well, thanks for joining me and, and talking through, um, ISO codes and filtration and why they're important, but then also speaking to, uh, the approach that Adams takes, uh, in this realm. I think that the work that you and the team are doing, are, it's, it's very important throughout manufacturing in Florida and now Alabama, um, in the Caribbean. Yep. No, thank you for your time today. And, uh, you know, we just, we want to be honest with all our customers. We want to come out and at least test and, and show you cleaner oil. And that wraps up another episode of Better, Faster, Smarter. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, sharing this with a friend. All these things help us reach a greater audience. As always, the contact information will be in the show notes. If you would like to learn more, you can visit our website, www.adamscorp.com, or reach out to us at 813-626-4128. And until next time, keep getting better, faster, smarter. See ya.